quietly, but he parted the branches and slid through the leaves. Man, come out, man. The whisper rasped inside his head. He felt it at the tip of his nose, on the hair of his scalp, at the root of his cock, and on the bottoms of his tingling feet. It had to be the whisper of a spirit. This was his luck then, whether good or bad. He had no choice. He must obey. Thumb rose up and pushed through the undergrowth toward the water. He knew that he might be about to have his soul stripped from his body. The thought did not much bother him. If Onion really were dead, he would be with her in the belly of the earth. I am man. Thumb was not surprised to see a mammoth standing on the opposite bank. It must have sent the dream and whispered to him in a spirit voice. The surprise was what he felt as he gazed into its round, black eyes. This was no monster that could break trees and drain rivers. It wasn't much taller than he was. Yes, the trunk snaked like a nightmare, and the tusks were long and curved and dangerous. But as Thumb took its measure, his confidence surged. The people had no weapons that could wound a mountain or strike a spirit, but this was an animal that men might dare to hunt and bring down. Thumb let a laugh bubble out of his chest. I am Thumb, he shouted across the river at it. Keeper of the caves. Then he danced five hops on the spongy bank. He finished by striking the butt of his spear against an alder. The mammoth raised its trunk and trumpeted in reply. The piercing cry sent a shiver through Thumb. But he was not cowed. He had heard the death scream of a bison and a cave bear's roar. This is the valley of the people, he struck the alder again. At that moment, something at the far edge of his vision jumped. A blur that might have been a deer, or a man in a deerskin, plunged into the woods. Was it the spirit? Then why had it run away from him? The mammoth didn't seem to care. It turned away from Thumb, curled its trunk around a willow branch, stripped it from the tree, and stuffed it into its mouth. Thumb studied the mammoth as it ate, knowing that he would have to report everything he saw to Owl, the storyteller, and Blue, who spoke for the people. Besides, someday he might paint it on the wall of the cleft, if such was his luck. It had to be the hairiest animal he had ever seen. The coarse fur was the color of bloodstone. It had thinned along the slope of the backbone, but was matted and thick at the flanks. When the mammoth brushed against a low-hanging branch, a swarm of flies buzzed out of its mangy coat. Thumb decided that it must be a full-grown animal because of the size of its tusks. The tip of the left one was broken off. The top of its skull was a round bump like half of an onion. Suddenly, Thumb went very still. He knew why the mammoth had appeared to him of all people. It was a sign, a turn of luck. Is that it, great one, he said. Is that why you called me? The mammoth dipped its trunk into the river, sucked up water, and then squirted it into its mouth. Thumb could see the tongue, gray in the middle, 
pink on the sides. Then he turned and ran hard for home. For the first time since the thin moon rose, he thought he might see his lover again. The people made their main summer camp near the top of a low cliff overlooking the river. A rock outcrop sheltered the ledge where they chipped their knives and cooked their meals and laid their mats. When rain came, they ducked into the long lean-to covered with bison hides. The main hearth was at the center of the ledge. In the summer camp, the smoke of their fires could become sky and not sting the eyes and settle in the chest as it did in the winter lodge. Five and five and five and three of the people gathered close around the hearth that night. Ash and Quick and Spear and Robin and Moon and Bone were away, trading church.